Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. We do it live here Tuesdays from 9 to 11 from the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland, Ohio. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, if you don't know that. Still to come on this show, Mark Hunsaker from Hunsaker Vortex Smokers. We are open after that, so if you want to jump in with a phone call or an email, you're more than welcome to do that. Best shot, 35 past the hour or so. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on both Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. I think I'm pretty worth the follow. Pretty good value. I don't overpost. If anything, I might underpost compared to some of these other folks. But I don't overpost. And I do take advantage of the story. So if you're not familiar with Instagram, there is the feed where the pictures are and you can comment and all that stuff. But then up at the top, you have those little circles with the different people that you follow. That's the story. And I do post a lot of stuff on there. So. Every once in a while, I want to share in this or share in that, do a little story on it, but it doesn't populate into the feed and mess up that. It's a whole algorithm and a thing. I don't want to get into it. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, John Solberg has put together a show that journeys you back to 2014. Sterling Ball was in that show from Big Papa Smokers, and we talked a lot about competition barbecue tips. I'm sure a lot of that remains evergreen, even though it was about five years ago or so. Also, because he was just on in the first hour, Meathead was also in that show on 2014, in 2014, and we talked a lot about chicken and poultry safety. I believe that might have been the first emergence of don't rinse your chicken. Remember that? We've had that discussion a number of times. Take it out of the pack or packaging or whatever it is and just pat it dry with some gloves and paper towels. Don't put it under the sink, rip open the faucet, and rinse it off to make it clean because you're going to get splatter and spatter and all that E. coli is racing around the countertops now. If you don't clean it properly, there could be an issue down the road. I believe that's where it initially popped its head up five years ago. So, again, Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers talking a lot about competition barbecue tips and Meathead talking about chicken and poultry safety. That happened in 2014. You will find it on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less populating in the feed. So if you are not subscribed to this show on podcast, not only do you get 
tomorrow, Wednesday, the first hour of this Tuesday show, and then Thursday, the second hour of this Tuesday show. Friday, an incredibly new episode that has nothing to do with Tuesday shows up in that feed, but you have to be subs- you have to be you have to subscribe to the show. Easiest way to do that is open up your podcast platform if you're into that, and then just search the show, the BBQ Central Show. Or if you go to my website, thebbqcentralshow.com, there is a subscribe link up there, and you have a whole bunch of different ways that you can get shows when the new ones push out. In regards to the John Cupo Show appearance as me guest, there will not be... This is the first time that it's not me being the problem, but there just is not going to be a show this uh, Friday. So if you are a regular tuner inner of the John Cupo show where you like to hear me as the guest, uh, that will not be happening this week. But I will keep you apprised of when that next one might be. Also, and, you know, this is not, well, not only is it not totally barbecue related, or not only is this not totally, it, it's just totally not barbecue related at all. And I have said on many occasions on this show, and if you know me in real life, I have never once professed ever, ever, ever to be what? Handy. Uh-oh. Never. I've never passed myself off as a handyman. Words that have never come out. I can help you do that project. I can build that from scratch. I have the tools necessary to complete that job and or repair all things that have never come out of my mouth. And being the age that I am at, don't think they will start to come out of my mouth. That being said, I do have a number of screwdrivers. I have a plumber's helper. I have this thing. I don't even know why that's on my production desk, but I was being handy with it at some point, and it never made its way back to the toolbox. I have those uh, wrenches with the circle thing on one end and the wrenchy head on the other. Full set of those. I have some sockets that are in metric. I'd have no idea why I'd ever use those. Metric. And then a power drill that you plug in because quickly I had found that power drills have way more power and torque than those battery-operated ones. Plus, if you don't charge the battery, they never work. So I have extension cords through the yin-yang, so I have plenty of distance that I would need to use my fully-powered electric drill. Those things are badass. But that's pretty much where the expertise stops. It's pretty basic. Let me ask you this. When the hell did spare tires for vehicles become optional? Did I miss something? Was there a memo that went out to normal car dudes and gals that said, hey, because you're in the know, just wanted to give you the heads up that from now on, we're not going to be sticking an extra tire in the car. Uh, I didn't get that memo. Last week, I was trying to air up some tires before I made the volleyball trip to Louisville. This would have been on a Thursday. And as I'm working my way around the car and putting that, you know, 
air pumps nowadays are really great because you can set the air temperature and once it reads it in the chuck, you go beep, 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 beep. You just take it off. You go to the next wheel. All you have to do is listen for the chirp. So I'm working my way around the vehicle. I get to the passenger rear tire and it's a little bit of a tight angle and I get the chuck onto the stem and it airs up. I hear the beep, cheep, cheep, cheep. And I go to take the chuck off of the stem, but it kind of tweaks to the left. And then snap! Uh-oh. The tire stem, like where the threads are. Snap! Uh-oh. And then as soon as it snaps, so I look at my daughter, Bobby. I was like, Bobby, get in the car. It's a race to get home before this tire gets flat. So we jump in the car, I'm, you know, a mile or so away from home. We get there and that, you know, the tire pressure monitoring system on the dash, you can see that back right is just starting to drop by the second. I'm like, no, hopefully no trains, no trains. We get through back into the driveway, put it in park, get a little jack. Uh, well, that's a different part of the story, but we got to get down to Louisville. So I called my wife. I said, hey, we're taking the van. The stem broke on the Sportage. I'll fix it when I get home. Fast forward to Sunday. We get back. Teachable moment. Get the oldest and the middle girl out because now they can both drive. I'm going to teach you how to fix this flat tire. So I open up the hood or the, the rear of the car, open up the back storage compartment where I would assume the wheel's going to be as I yank up the subfloor. There appears to be space for it. There's a neat little package that says mobile air unit. And as I rip the styrofoam insert to think that the tire is going to be buried under there, it's not. What the hell? So I open up my Kia Forte. Oh, by the way, uh, no jack. I'm totally clueless still at this point. Well, I get the jack out of my uh, out of my Forte, wheel that up, do the lug wrench, take the tire off. Go back in and start looking again. Now I'm looking underneath the car. Now I'm looking like a fool. Kids are like, you can't find the spare. Where the hell did the spare go? Who the hell used the spare and didn't put it back? Nobody seems to know. Call my wife. I said, did you use the Did you use the spare and not give it back? It's not here. No, the tires never had any tire issues. We've never had a flat. Bobby's boyfriend calls her dad, who also has a sportage and said, Hey, where's the spare for this flat or for the for the sportage? And he said, Yeah, there's no spare. Doesn't come with one. What? No freaking spare. Hello. As I had mentioned, in place of the spare was some piece of crap pump. A pump, by the way, isn't going to do you that much benefit the spare of course you know you can't probably can't go highway speeds or at least they say that but you can get you can go from a to b or to c or wherever the hell it is you need to get to get that tire fixed you're not getting any real distance using a pump so here's my plea to you if you haven't ever looked If evidently your sales guy never educated you when you bought it that there is no spare, it's a pump, do yourself a favor and look before you head out onto the road to see if you have a spare or not. 
mean, can you imagine the rant that would be happening right now if I would have been on the side of the road on the highway and gone to pull the tire and had zero tires available? That would have really pissed me off. But saving weight and fuel and price? Come on, man. Give me the donut. So now I got to go on Google or Craigslist or both and find a donut for this sportage so I can be resting assured that the next time I snap a stem, I won't have to worry about do I really have a spare or not because I don't right now. I have a pump. So before you hit the road next time, and if you don't know, like I didn't know, check so you know. No no spare tires anymore. No spare tires. I can't believe it. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Okay, okay, okay. Now, hold on a damn minute. Okay. Here we go. I'm still a little flabbergasted, by the way. John Dawson weighing in. They don't get flats in Korea. Good one, John. Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to become a better outdoor cook. They have these great 13 championship award-winning rubs and seasonings, flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Pod, Cash Cow, Regular Money, Happy Ending, Desert Gold, Little Louis Season Salt, Double Secret Steak Dare I Go On? Because I could. Whether you're cooking to impress judges or grilling for the family, Big Papa Smoker's award-winning rubs and seasonings just don't disappoint. You can pick up a bottle today by visiting the website. They also have that great strategic partnership with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Those two together have been winning on the competition circuit now what seems like for generations. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditionally yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available on the market today. How about this? The Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's is the exclusive Mac dealer. They even offer special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet cookers, fine. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker the Big Papa trusts on his competition barbecue trailer. If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you need? You really can't go wrong with any of the grills over at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of cook and every kind of budget. It's clear that BigPapaSmokers.com, the place to go for all things barbecue, every product featured on their website, hand-selected. To help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, their number one online barbecue store. Call them toll-free with questions, 877-828-0727, or shop the website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's bigpapasmokers.com. 
Mark Hunsaker. Out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, Meathead just mentioned them in the first hour. He did a... I hope he called and made an appointment. Didn't just cold call it. But he visited the offices of Smithfield in Kansas City. Still a few spots left to be part of this year's Smoking with Smithfield Committee Cooks program, but don't delay. Go to smokingwithsmithfield.com to sign up for that. Are you ready to find out where you rank against all competitive barbecue teams across the country? Visit smokingwithsmithfield.com to check out your rank on the Smoking with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship leaderboard. Again, that website is smokingwithsmithfield.com. That's smokingwithsmithfield.com. All right, barrel cookers are becoming increasingly popular. There are a good handful out there today, and we like to make sure that we are covering the field when it comes to this niche. My next guest has a cooker that we will be talking about, so let's go ahead and run to the hotline and welcome the creator of Hunsaker Cookers. That is indeed Mark Hunsaker. Mark, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Greg, how are you tonight? I am absolutely fabulous. Mark, appreciate you making time for the show this evening and a number of different places here to run around as we talk about your cooker and yourself. So before we get into the cooker, how about a little background about you, uh, maybe where you grew up, what you do professionally, mm-hmm. and uh, where you're currently residing in these great states? Sure. Okay, we're uh, we're in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, and uh, a little background on me, I, I grew up on a farm in west central Illinois. Parents still farm over there. Uh, one of the things I like to do there on the farm was uh, when when the equipment got uh, tore up, I my job was to weld it or fabricate something. Mm-hmm. So I just had a kind of a love for the, uh, the working with steel um, and you know fabricating whatever I needed to do. Um, so uh, fast forward, went to college, uh, got my degree, um, and uh, 35 years ago I started out as an insurance adjuster. I'm still doing that. Um, but I, you know, kind of got a little bored and decided, well, let's start uh, building some smokers. I like to barbecue, like to work with metal, so it seemed like a perfect marriage. And uh, here we are, uh, six years into making drum smokers, and things are going great. So. Uh, Mark Hunsaker joining me here on the show. I don't want to diverge off the cooker talk, but I'm kind of always fascinated uh, with farming, especially when you get out into the areas where you can see the fields and all that. How is farming evolved over the last you know well i mean let's look at it from when you were a kid and where you see it today like what is the life of a farmer these days oh my gosh well unfortunately uh, a lot of the farmers now are getting much older it's really hard to get into far- farming i mean you know it used to be these uh, a lot of the farms would be transferred from one generation to another mm-hmm. um you know for various reasons some of the some of these younger guys just aren't getting into it but you know, I don't know how some of these guys that would like to get into it can do so. They, they're going to have to go out and borrow a lot of money or have a friend that's got a farm and willing to work with them. But, you know, it's, it's kind of scary because a lot of these uh, farms are just basically, they're turning into corporate farms. 
it's just like a lot of things, you know, bigger and better, um, I guess, so to speak. But, uh, I mean, I, I still uh, like, you know, I, fond memories of growing up on the farm. Like I said, my parents still have the farm. My brother farms it, uh, uh, raises a, quite a few head of cattle. And, um, you know, it's a great place, uh, great place to live and grow up. I just, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the machinery, uh, the technology has um, has accelerated so fast i mean when i was growing up on the farm we we didn't have a cab on a tractor it was all open air <laughs> now all these tractors you know they all have obviously you know most of them have cabs um and uh, all the comforts of home uh you know in fact they, a lot of these guys can go out pull into a field and, and hit a button on their computer and uh basically sit there and uh you know basically they're there, there for the ride uh, because these things are uh, programmed uh, in with satellites so <laughs> it's amazing yeah. Mark Hunsaker joining me here on the show. Uh, Mark, from a, a barbecue standpoint, is it something that you grew up around? Like, uh, did you have a lot of live fire barbecue or grilling where you were growing up, or is it something that you got into from a you know you developed a like of it on your own and then progressed into the into the business and the pit building side? Right, right. Well, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, we we uh, we just assumed that uh, having pork and, and uh, beef uh, was just a way of life for everybody. But <laughs> obviously, that's not the case. I mean, you know, if you got the uh, cattle and the hogs on the farm, uh, I mean, we we butchered our own hogs, and uh, uh, you know, we did everything uh, along that line. But uh, you know, as far as grilling, you know, we didn't do a lot of grilling. Um, you know, I didn't even know what our really honestly didn't even know what a brisket was until probably what twenty years ago, because um, we uh, we ground it up for burger, so <laughs> we didn't have a clue what that was. But um, you know, in and our, our grilling basically consisted of um, you know the like a lot of guys the charcoal with the lighter fluid. You know, we all have that. A lot of us have that uh, imprinted in our sensory uh, our senses. So. Uh, don't use that anymore, of course, but uh, um, didn't do a lot of barbecuing at home, you know, even though, you know, we, most of it was uh, stuck in the oven and uh, broiled. <laughs> so, uh, but as far as the, uh, you know, current situation, uh, yeah, we, we enjoy doing a lot of barbecuing here. Um, I do a lot of barbecuing just out of the out of research, too, to see how things are working with regard to our smokers and our grills, so... So obviously the fabricating is uh, self-explanatory, but when you start to get into making cookers, is there any particular reason why a, a barrel-style cooker stuck out to you versus something more traditional like an offset or, or something else? Yeah. Well, you know, I started building these uh, smokers uh, oh, about 20 years ago, <laughs> and uh, they were insulated, you know, the gravity feed, the rotisseries, uh, the big heavy ones, and then about... Six years or so ago, I was at a local barbecue contest here, and it's in February. It was like a foot of snow on the ground. We were they were using uh, you know uh, plows to get the uh, the snow out of the way for uh, for the competitors. But I I noticed there was a team uh, that had these drums, and that kind of piqued my interest. Thinking, well, it sure would be a lot easier to make a smoker with a drum than it would be me fabricating things from scratch. And I uh, got to looking at it a little bit more, and I thought, well, you know, I could start making those things. So about six years ago, I started making them, and, uh, you know, the first few were pretty pretty rough. Um, and we've constantly made some changes here and there, and here we are six years later, and we feel like we've got a really good product going now. All right, so let's talk about the Hunsaker cookers and, you know, why you think these might stand out compared to some of the other models that are out there. 
Um, well, you know, the, uh, a lot of things that we do with ours are, are done with a reason in mind. We want to make it easier for our customers to uh, have a, a more enjoyable experience. Um, and we want to class them up a little bit. You know, we're using stainless steel parts on our smokers now. That's just something that I don't think any of those, uh, the other guys are doing. Um, you know, we use uh, high-temp ceramic paints, and then we follow up with a high-temp um, clear coat made by a company called Cerakote. Um, really, really good, uh, good quality of paint there. Um, and we, uh, we've just designed things here to uh, even out the heat. We have the Vortex Charcoal Basket, which is one of our uh, uh, patented items in the smoker, and that was designed um, due to our discovering that uh, having the conventional air coming in one or two uh, places on the side of the drum caused a, a, you know, significant hot spots in the charcoal. So we developed the charcoal, uh, the vortex basket, and that uh, basically evens out the airflow through that charcoal basket, and makes it basically, basically a convection type uh, smoker. So, um, and we've got some other features, you know, the floating hinge, um, you know, uh, that that works really well. That's also a patented thing that we uh, come up with, and we've got a few other things in the works as far as that goes. So, uh, Mark Hunsaker joining me here on the show. Uh, Mark, if you could, uh, I guess, try and. Are you able to to paint a little bit of a picture of this uh, vortex thing that you're talking about? Because you know, it's uh, when I first saw it. The this is going to seem really bizarre, but I remember seeing a. I think it was my grandma had a candle, and you would burn it, and then and above it, it had these like little fan blade things, and the heat from the candle would start making the thing spin around. I assume that's a, a, a similar concept. Yeah, it's similar there. You've got heat that's rising, and uh, it's it's hitting that basically like a fan blade looking thing, um, and it's causing that air to uh, mix up. So we're we're basically making that air do what we want it to. So it's coming in uh, at the bottom of the drum. Uh, we don't have any pipes on the sides or any intakes on the sides. It's at the bottom center of the drum, and we did that for a reason to force the air to come in uh, around and and through the uh, the vortex charcoal basket 360 degrees instead of just you know one or two points. Uh, all geared toward trying to make things so it would uh, evenly uh, give you a, a much more even cook. But, yeah, I remember those uh, things you're talking about with the candle and the little fan things. Uh, those are kind of cool. We saw them a lot of times in those fake fireplaces, too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. so this is a patented item? It is, yeah. It's a patented design. Um, we actually uh, just recently made a change in the design. Uh, we, we purchased a... Uh, a CNC plasma table. It's a, a computerized table that's designed to cut things based on a computer program. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we've taken liberties with that, and we have actually developed a new charcoal basket that's even heavier and a little larger than what we had before. Um, and we uh, we designed that to, uh, you know to help our customers get a little bit more time out of these things, uh, but also make it easier for them to for us to ship things because the old design. We had issues with the, uh, occasionally, we'd have issues with the shipping company smashing them. Hmm. Uh, so we designed it so uh, that uh, takes that pretty much out of the equation. Um, so they're, they're like 14-gauge. I think other guys are building them out of 16-gauge, but we went with 14-gauge. It's a little bit heavier, but we feel like it's going to last longer for our customers. So, Mark Hunsaker joining me here on the show talking about the Hunsaker Vortex Cooker. Hunsakersmokers.com is the website if you want to check it out here while we're chatting it up um let's talk about 
cooking time, man, when you're firing it up. Uh, and we, we'll get into the, well, let's start there, I guess. If you buy a Hunsaker cooker, it comes to your house. Uh, obviously, you could probably go to the website, watch some tutorial videos and all that stuff as far as getting it lit and so forth. But what do you recommend uh, or how do you recommend lighting it up to get that first cook going? Okay. Um, well, basically, uh, you know, you either have lump charcoal or briquettes. Either one's fine, but I find that a lot of guys are using lump charcoal. It gives you a little cleaner burn. You don't have quite as much, uh, you know, white smoke. Uh, there's no binders to speak of in the, in the lump charcoal. So um, a lot of guys are using that. Um, so uh, basically what we suggest, and it's only a suggestion, uh, is to uh, fill it up about three-quarter full, you know, light it. There's lots of different ways to light it. You can light it from, from below off the uh, ash plate. You can fill it up halfway and stick a little Weber cube in there and light that. Uh, some guys start out with a, uh, a chimney full of hot charcoal, and then they'll dump that on top of their uh, uh, the charcoal that's in the, the, the vortex basket. Um, but, you know, it, like I say, there's lots of different ways to do it. There's really no wrong way to do it. I always tell guys the wrong way to do it is not to do it at all. Um, <laughs> So, you know, some guys even use uh, the big blow torches, you know, that you, you can hook up. They like those because those are kind of kind of neat. They're kind of fun to run. So, um. Is there a, a seasoning process? So if I buy it from you, Mark, and it shows up, is there a, a first initial burn-in that I have to do, or do I want to coat it in, like, peanut oil or spray it down on the inside with Pam and then put a hot fire in it for a few hours, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, each of our smokers comes with an instruction sheet uh, as far as how to recommend uh, folks season their smoker. But basically what ours, what we recommend is, guys, uh, just go and pick up a, a can of uh, cooking spray and spray the inside of the drum, the bottom of the lid, anything that's metal, the vortex basket, the uh, heavy-duty uh, charcoal grates, uh, you know, anything that's uh, carbon steel. Uh, we always think it's a good idea to spray that down with some, uh, some uh, like, PAM or, you know, whatever, uh, cooking spray and uh, season that. And that's a great time to learn how your smoker breathes at that point. But, you know, you might only put, say, oh, not even half a load of charcoal in at that time because you're just kind of learning how it runs. But after about two or three hours of, uh, you know, burn off that uh, cooking oil, hey, it, this thing comes ready uh, ready to cook on. Um, all you got to do is season it. Uh, it's fully assembled. You don't have to put any wheels on it. Um, it's ready to go. How much meat capacity... Can you put in it? And, and I guess the better question up front is, do you have one size of cooker available or do you have bigger and or smaller ones? Yeah. Well, primarily, most of our business now has been geared toward the 55-gallon drum. Um, and as far as capacity goes, well, that's a loaded question because you can <laughs> kind of depends on how, you know, what you're cooking and, and how you want to do it. Uh, one of the things that uh, we uh, try to focus on as far as, you know, our designs is the fact that this is a vertical cooker, and uh, it just seems st- it stands to reason that uh, if you can hang it, you can cook it. Mm. I love hanging meat, you know, whatever it is. If it'll, if a hook can go through it, and it'll stay there. That's a great way to do it. But you'd ask about other kinds of smokers as far as the size go. Um, we are also uh, producing 85 gallon drums. They're quite a bit bigger. Wow. Um, but we've uh, seen a significant uh, increase in the demand for those. So. We, we just try to listen to our customers, and we're, uh, we're going to start making more of those now. When you have uh, something that's 85 gallons versus the, the 55, do you find uh, just an inherent bigger consumption in fuel, or are they still about as efficient? You know, it's crazy. You'd think it would consume quite a bit more charcoal, but it really doesn't. <laughs> in fact, uh, 
uh, what we've noticed is with the 85-gallon, it actually seems to breathe better than the 55-gallon. I don't really know why, but uh, it, it does, uh, does seem to do that. Now, I will say the 85-gallon drum smoker is not on our website yet. Um, we haven't got that far yet. But we do, we do make them, you know, but we just haven't got to the point where we put it on our website yet. What's the price point on a 55-gallon? Um, shipped to the customer's door uh, at most locations uh, is $799. Now, like I say, that includes shipping. Uh, it'll come in a box on a pallet. Um, so um, um, you know, normally uh, shipping pretty much anywhere in the country will uh, we'll take up to, depending on whether what part of the country you're in, you might be looking at about four days max. Uh, it seems like that's kind of the standard as far as the maximum. That's going to be like the northwest or the, um, or maybe the west coast, maybe east coast. But um, they get it out. They get out there pretty quick. So, are, are there any standard items that come along with this aside from the cooking grade? Do you get hooks or anything like that? Okay. Um, yeah. Of course, you get the drum and all the stainless steel parts on the exterior uh, comes standard, uh, our vortex basket with the built-in, uh, heat, if you want to call it a heat deflector, um, that's standard. You don't have to pay any extra for that. Um, it comes with a five level cooking grate system, uh, with heavy duty, um, expanded metal, um, charcoal or food grates, uh, that it's kind of interesting the way these things work. You know, some, some of the guys are making, uh, drum smokers with these bolts, you know, that stick in or these little rods. Uh, we decided to change that quite a bit and make it so you can move your cooking grate up and down without having to try to maneuver around those. So mm-hmm. it's based on a, a three-pin system that locks into those uh, vertical cook support uh, apparatuses. Is there an ongoing maintenance that you need to perform with these? Do you want to power wash them out every so often or uh, things that you don't want to do while you're using them? Well, you know, there's a lot of guys out there, and it, it kind of varies depending on who you talk to. Personally, um, I, I'm not a, a big fan of power washing a, a, a steel drum, you know, because you could encourage, you know, rust or something like that. But, um, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, scraping it, you know, trying to keep the uh, grease and the gunk out of it um, is, is important. Uh, with our smokers, it's got the hole in the bottom of it for the air intake at the center bottom of the drum. So it's really easy to put a pan under there and, uh, and just kind of scoop or move the, uh, the, the grease and whatever ashes if they if any spill out you can move that to that center hole and get rid of that real easy so you don't have to you know fill it up full of chemicals i'm not a big fan of chemicals either really um but scraping that's to me that's sufficient so um now i will mention also greg um we've also come out and it's on our website uh, a new product that uh, we we're really happy with or proud of is is a stainless steel 55 gallon drum um, that, that is a super sharp drum, um, and you never have to worry about paint issues, ever. Uh, I noticed also, aside from the name brand products, that you have uh, quite a few products that are directed towards the Weber Smoky Mountain. So uh, did you see that a lot of people like that and said, hey, well, uh, making this kind of a charcoal basket for the Hunsaker brand, I could make something that would accommodate a Weber Smoky Mountain and sell into that accessory market? Sure. Yeah, we realized a couple of years ago that there's a huge number of uh, uh, Weber Smoky Mountain guys out there. Uh, Weber's got a really nice smoker. It, it's it's very popular. A lot of guys have them. So we decided that, uh, well, why not come up with some products that would make uh, their experience a little better? 
Um, so our Vortex charcoal batch, the one we just designed, uh, does fit in the 18.5 and the 22.5 w, uh, WSMs. Um, we also have a circular hanging rack that's uh, stainless steel that comes with six hooks uh, that fits in both the 18 and the 22. Um, let's see. Um, but that's, uh, that's a couple things that we've done for the WSMs. Um, oh, have one other thing, too, I forgot to mention, Greg. We also have a, uh, it's just a, a, basically it's a vortex plate uh, that sits on top of the, uh, the charcoal ring for the, uh, for the, the, the Weber. Hmm. So um, that works out well, too. Do you sell a lot of Weber Smoky Mountain accessories through your website, then? Yeah, we do, actually. We sell quite a, quite a few of those things, uh, especially the vortex basket um, and the, uh, well, the, uh, the hanging rack system. A lot of guys are really getting into... Uh, uh, hot and fast on the uh, the Weber side of things. Um, you know, a couple years ago, when I first started trying to talk to these guys a little bit about, you know, hot and fast, uh, that was an uphill battle. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of guys were in, still into low and slow, and there's nothing wrong with low and slow if you've got plenty of time to do it. But, you know, hot and fast uh, is great. It just takes a little more prep on the front end. You definitely want to trim all that fat off because you don't want that to catch fire. Um, we uh, another neat product, Greg. We just put on the website tonight on uh, Hunsaker Smokers is our hybrid um, uh, food grate. Uh, it's really neat. It's got a, a pull-out um, bar that you use to hang the meat with, whether you do ribs or chickens or whatever. Um, and it's got a flip-over door. So you flip the door over, you put the rod in, and then when you're done cooking, when you're done hanging, you can flip the door back closed and now you got a, a full-size stainless steel grate now huh. to work with so uh like i said we just put that on the website tonight uh, are you sponsoring any teams or do you know any competition teams that use the hunsaker smoker oh yeah yeah i, I well i hate to think how many hunsaker smoker teams are out there oh. there's several hundred i'm sure really um but uh it's sponsorship um I don't know. We we do kind of help some guys out that uh, have a good social media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we try to help them out a little bit if we can. We're just uh, not in a position to actually fully sponsor any of these guys, but we we do try to help them out. Though, do you foresee the smoker business like turning into anything more than it is currently? Uh, sure, sure. There's really no end to this. Um, you know, it's it's just a matter of. Uh, you know, coming up with new things for the for the uh, cook, and and you know, making more products. We're uh, uh, we're working on new things uh, all the time. We've got uh, we've got some things that uh, are in, in development at this point that uh, a lot of guys haven't even seen yet. So, would you like to do Huntsaker full time and get out of the insurance adjusting, or is that not a, a goal? Oh, it it is a goal. Believe oh, me, right. yeah. I've been I've been doing this insurance adjusting for uh, for thirty five years, and uh, yeah, it's that's one of my goals is to get to the point where uh, where I can do that full time. Now, my son Ryan does this full time, and he's instrumental in uh, uh, making this work for us. So if I didn't have him helping us out, I'd be in big trouble. Um, now, you know, growth wise, you know, we're We've been doing the drum smokers for about six years, and and consistently we've doubled our um, our business every every year. So, uh, we're talking with Mark Hunsaker, the founder of Hunsaker Smokers, and you can find them at HunsakerSmokers.com. We'll have a link, obviously, in the post show notes as well. 
So if you are in the market for barrel-style cookers, here's one that if you're not familiar with, you're going to want to check out. Make sure you give consideration to Mark. Really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. You got it. There he is. Mark Hunsaker from Hunsaker Smokers. As I said, I mean, they are really, I mean, six years in now. I like to think I have my finger on the pulse, but obviously I I missed the pulse of that a little bit. (laughs) Six years now. And doubling in size every year, so that's good growth. Not crazy growth. But I think uh, probably in his position, you probably don't want crazy growth. A little more controlled. According to David Platt, Amazing Ribs gave a Huntsaker the gold grade or the uh, the gold award. So, congratulations. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue before we go to the open segment. Attention folks in the business of barbecue. First, let me tell you quickly about Southside Market. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausage for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats are processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available, shipping nationwide via FedEx, food service distribution via Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable for research and development to package completion. They can also follow your recipes or help you develop something new. Private label opportunities also available. Visit southsidemarket.com for more information or to purchase all of your goodies. Have you tried their hot guts, their jalapeno cheddar sausage, their sausage slammers, all their other sausages, the ribs, the briskets? Come on, let's give it a try. Save 10% when you use code BBQ Central at Tex House. That's right, a Tex House checkout. Go to southsidemarket.com, load your card up, then at checkout, you can save 10% when you use code BBQ Central. Nick and the gang over at Southside. Appreciate their support as well. Did Nick go to NBBQA this year? Anybody see Nick? All right, we are an open segment now. Uh, 216-220-0966. That's right, 216-220-0966. Or you can email the show in lieu of a call. Greg at the BBQ. TheBBQCentralShow.com, and we'll be back right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com 
or call 816-945-2232. The good folks at Fireboard, Ted Conrad, and the gang. I bet Ted was at MBBQA as well. All right, 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you want to jump in, uh, caller, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Greg. Eric Babb here from TBQ. How are you? Hey. Whoa, sorry. That's a, hey, Eric. How are you, buddy? TBQ. I am doing well. I Good. thought I'd uh, call in because I attended both the NBBQA, and I'm also a team that uses the Huntsacker Smokers. Are you? I am. Right. And uh, we actually won first place for our spicy tomato barbecue sauce this year. Did you? Uh, Look year at you. We did. Spicy last year, last year came in second for the original, so we are a... Uh, Two in a row for getting well, calls at MBBQA. Yeah, congratulations. So, um, so what's the process for that? Um, they select it down, or they break down categories, and then you just submit your sauce that fits into the best category available. They do. They've got a tomato, mild, spicy. Uh, they do the mustard, uh, white sauce as well, and a fruit base. All right. So, uh, first place this year. Oh, do you have a website or something that people can go to to try and get their hands on these first place sauces? We sure do. It is www.pittyq.com, and that's P-I-T-T-Y-Q-U-E. P-I-P-P or P-I-T as in tango? P-I-T-T-Y as in pity, as in pit bull. Got it. We donate 10% back to Animal Rescue of all of our sales, so uh, Hmm. it's a growing phenomenon here in the Chicagoland area. A lot of teams using our sauce. How do you like the Hunsaker smoker? What do you like best about it? I love getting sleep. As Mark mentioned, the low and slow guys, you know, nothing wrong with that. They light their fires at, you know, two, three in the morning. I don't have to wake up till five and I get my cook done. Everything is on time. What are you running at temperature wise? Do you know? Uh, For my ribs, I'm running around 260, 265. Uh, everything else around 275 to 285. All right. So you're not running into like uh, hot and fast 375, 450 range no you know with with the drums uh with the heat it is like a convection oven so actually my briskets take about four hours uh, pork butts around the same and ribs are done in three four hours uh, and it's a whole packer at 275 it's a it, it's a full packer it is separated point and flat uh-huh. and uh I leave about an eighth of an inch of the the fat on the bottom of the flat interesting are you are you a rapper guy too no uh, i do wrap i do in foil uh, add a lot of liquids, a lot of different mixtures in there. And uh, so far, uh, last couple comps of uh, the, the following uh, previous year, we've uh, finished in uh, some top 10 briskets, top 10 porks. We actually won first place at the last comp of the year for ribs. Hmm. So uh, everything's clicking. Nice. All right. Well, where are you competing at next? Uh, first comp of the year for the Chicago area will be at Dwight, Illinois, mm-hmm. at the Route 66 Smokeout. All right. And that's, that's May That's May 4th. All right, sounds good. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Hey, thanks, Greg. You got it. First place, spicy red sauce. Like it. It was T-T, Tango, Tango, Pity. Like Pitbull, I would imagine. Uh, John Dawson got your email, and I tell you, of course. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. This has trouble written all over it, but. I like trouble. Why not? Go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, it's Imperial Garden Chinese Restaurant. Your food is ready. I'm sorry? Yeah, you ordered the three chow mein, the two wonton soup, and the four egg roll, right? 
I did. Thank you. I did not. I thought I did, but I didn't. That's all right. Hey, uh, special because I was re- uh, telling you my story of the tire incident of 2019 or the lack of tire. Special thanks to Noah and Amber Glanville and their sons, Easton and Max, for hosting Bobby and I this past weekend while we did attend the World Challenge Volleyball Tournament at the Louisville Exposition Center. And I'm not sure how many of you do the traveling sport thing. Some of you probably think that we're just a bunch of crazy kooks traveling you know, east of the Mississippi, 8, 10, 12 hours out of our home base. To a certain degree, we probably are crazy, and we could get into a sports club segment down the road if that is something that would interest any of you. However, that's nothing to do with the fact that the Glanvilles are incredibly gracious hosts, wonderful entertainers, and when you strip everything away, at the very core, just really great people, and that is very much appreciated, at least by myself and my daughter, because we were the two there. And it makes a huge difference when you can go back to a home and hang with folks instead of just being holed up in a hotel room after you're done playing volleyball for the day. And depending on what portion of the day it is, there aren't a lot of other options to go and do. Sometimes there's a team dinner that you're mandated to go see. Sometimes you're in a city that just isn't great and there's not a lot of touristy stuff to do. Uh, I am a fan of Louisville in, in the city sense. Some decent places to eat there if you're into that. Uh, you can see the how they build Louisville Slugger kind of stuff. Churchill Downs is right there. So, you know, a few things that kind of trip my trigger, but it's really nice to be able to go back to a home and be able to decompress, get the proper rest so you can line it up and then do it again the following day. Now, from a play perspective, the girls were horrible this week. The last two tournaments, I'm scratching my head at how the hell these girls qualified for nationals that will take place in Dallas, Texas in two and a half weeks' time. But they did. I, I can't deny the fact that they did. So we'll have to see how it goes. Also, huge thank you going out to Anella Kelso and the gang over at Snake River Farms for sending out their dry-aged tasting pack, which included a New York strip, a porterhouse, and a ribeye. All were huge. We ate those for dinner this past Friday night. All steaks are aged to 45 days. So as we break down my dry-aged palate, the funk is just starting to bud or build in at 45 days. I'm a firm wanter to trier of a 70 to 90 day. I think that's going to be my next venture. Lafrida is like he had 70 day dry age steaks. And then I text with him earlier. I said, Hey, you had 70. I don't see 70. Are they coming back? He's like, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're catching up. Cause I think dry aging is just huge right now. So a guy that's literally doubled his dry age production, isn't able to, to keep up with the man, but they are slowly chasing and, and getting back to normal or to the levels that they feel comfortable where they can offer those 70 days. So I think that's where I want to see, if it gets too funky, is it funky enough like the DOC? But no surprise that they were prepared on a pit barrel cooker, of course. And while I have used the pit barrel cooker for traditional barbecue stuff, 
And I also do chicken wings and chicken thighs on there uh, quite a bit. Grilling on the pit barrel might be more in my wheelhouse than I actually originally anticipated. So I will be doing that more the spring and summer to kind of hone in on those grilling skills when it comes to the pit barrel. Now, I know my neighbor, Desmond, who might singularly be the biggest fan of the pit barrel cooker ever, he kind of keeps it on his portion of the property line in the compound. So I'm going to have to jerk control of that back over. And of course, you know, Noah runs some custom-made grill grates in his pit barrel cooker. And I don't know if I want to bother doing that. It's not a, a mandate. Or maybe I could rip some old grill grates out of my icon grill and, and cut them to fit, I guess. I could. I mean, I couldn't do that because I'm not handy, but I'm sure some of my friends have saws that would cut aluminum or something. I could stick them in the pit barrel there and, and do some steaks and all that. But, man, uh, these were absolutely spectacular steaks. Again, at 45 days. Uh, available for sale on snakeriverfarms.com. Uh, if you go to the dry age section, I think it said, like, you know, beef tasting pack or something like that. But it's got the porterhouse, the strip steak, and the ribeye. They're all very big. They all had a nice uh, funkiness to it, but it, it's not overly funky, if I can say it like that. Not a, not a, not too much funk. All right, let's go ahead back to the hotline. Uh, Caller, you're on the air. Greg, what's up? It's Hootie from Mob Lucas Park. How you doing? What's up, Hootie? Hey, we we missed we missed you out in KC this week. Uh, nobody missed me. Let's be honest. Oh, uh, let's be honest. Uh, we missed you, but that barbecue, uh, that uh, volleyball life is real. Oh, that hotel was yeah. packed to the gills with volleyball pants. And I did not think that was a real thing. Oh, it's a real thing. You think I'm just trying to get out of stuff, but I mean that's a whole different subculture that if unless right. you're steeped into it, you have no idea what's happening. Well, you are off the hook this year, but I hope to see you next year in Louisville. Yeah, I think we're going to be uh, doing. So, what did you think the best uh, best NBBQA moment was for you? All right, Greg. Well, my best NBBQA moment was actually on Tuesday. Uh, I stopped in the KCD offices mm-hmm. uh, right as soon as I got in town, so I'm going to check out those digs. Walk next door to Boulevard Brewing to see Nonetheless, but Artie Davis and Meathead having a beer. Really? So, uh, yeah. So I joined up with those two, and uh, I went to Tenderloin Grill with them and actually had some pig snout. Look at you. So, By the way, I did get that uh, I did get that uh, email that you sent me. I just haven't been able to, to flash them. I'll probably oh. flash them up next week. But what did you think of a pig snout sandwich? Um, that's something we do not have up our way, Greg, but it was delicious. Uh, like Meathead said, they cooked it in a pressure cooker, uh, for about two hours and actually allowed it to steep in those juices for another 20 minutes afterwards. So it was really tender and really broken down. And, uh, it was a mustard and hot sauce that they actually put on it. Uh, and it was a delicious sandwiches. Can't say I'm not going to eat one every day, but, uh, it was cool to experience that with Meathead and R.D. Davis for sure. Uh, then after that, me and Meathead got dropped off by R.D. over Jack Stacks. Uh, had a whole full tour back to the kitchen, learned how the process they uh, make their lamb ribs, mm. which was really cool. So, uh, you know, that to me, that's my best day. But, you know, it's all the, for me, MBBQA, the seminars and all the sessions are great. But like Meathead said, it's about the networking, about being at the bar afterwards, all the characters you get to talk to. Uh, but there were some great seminars. Uh, so. who, who was the the biggest star there? that you saw, in your estimation, who was the biggest star? 
Uh, Myron Nixon, probably from the Meet the Masters panels. I mean, Myron usually takes the cake as far as uh, barbecue stars, as we all know. So, yeah, Mr. Joyful was there giving a good old, uh, good talk upstage, though. It was, it was him, uh, Stretch from Grinders. Yep. That guy, uh, Charlie from uh, Chicago Culinary Kitchen, and good old Junior Urias. And uh, Michael McDearman was up there MCing, and you know he's a great MC. You like him? You so. think he does a good job? Uh, I mean, I think Michael McDearman does a good job. He has good command of the English language. Well, that's key to be an MC. If you don't talk very well, you're a crappy host. I mean, hey, that's we we got to get we still got to get you in the uh, barbecue hall of fame, Greg. But we're working on it. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, Hootie, tell everybody where you're selling barbecue. This uh, Hootie's in Pittsburgh, by the way. All right, we are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, our prime thing is catering, and we're also a barbecue food truck. Every Friday night, you can find us at Brew Gentleman in Braddock, and also Roundabout Brewery in Lawrenceville on Saturdays. All right, uh, Hootie, appreciate you calling in this evening. There he is. It's uh, Hootie, everybody. If you're in the Pittsburgh area and you like uh, Pittsburgh coming out of a, a truck or you want your event catered, get in touch with Hootie. Hootie's Barbecue in Pittsburgh. You can find him. He's on the Facebooks, too. All right, I am uh, well late, but that's all right. Do I have anything? Yeah, Green Mountain Grills. Let me talk to you about some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Green Mountain Grills introducing their Prime line uh, a couple months ago. You can look into the pellet hopper now. You can look into the cooking chamber now, both on the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone models. Both also accept that pizza oven insert, which you know I love, and I'm going to be getting some use out of that probably starting Friday this coming, possibly into a second day on Saturday. Also, might be grilling steaks in there on Saturday. Why not? I'm going to go get my membership at Costco because that's someplace I've never been before that Noah Glanville introduced me to. And the prime selection of beef in there blew my mind. So I'm going to be heading there. I'm going to let my BJ's membership lapse. That's right. I'm going to let my BJ's membership lapse and go get a Costco membership so I can take advantage of that succulent beef and pork and all that. And lamb. They have lamb there. That's where I like my lamb. GreenMountainGrills.com. If you want the portable one, the Davy Crockett, 12-volt technology on all of these. They have pellets. They have rubs. They have sauces. Come on. You know I got two in my backyard right now. I absolutely love them. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we are back and we are racing to get out on time. All the way back in the first hour, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joined me. Big MBBQA recap. We talked about some other things as well. Didn't talk about ham, but sorry about that. Easter's coming. Also, in the second hour, we talked with Mark Hunsaker from HunsakerSmokers.com. Check him out if you're in the market for a barrel-style cooker. Or at least something else to look at besides the pit barrel and the gateway, if you're so inclined. And we ended it with the open segment. Hootie called in. Pity BBQ called in. Somebody confirming a Chinese order called in, but that was a bad call. 
Big show planned next week already, September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.